Welcome to another inspirational message from Northwest Church. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information on what your next step may be, please visit our website at northwestchurch.com.au. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground. And when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up with it and choked out the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop, a hundred times more than what was sown. When he said this, he called out, Whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. His disciples asked him what the parable meant. He said, The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to others I speak in parables, so that those seeing they may not see, though hearing they may not understand. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked out by life's worries, riches and pleasures. They do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart. who hear the word and retain it, and by preserving, produce a crop. Thank you. Beck just read from Luke chapter 8, Jesus is speaking and he's talking about a sower, a seed and soil and how that um, from that uh, come varying degrees of harvest and ultimately in the last verse there, verse 15, Jesus says um, in another version, in another place, um, he says, and, and some will, of the same story, some will have a harvest 30, 60 and even 100 times. So that's pretty good. If I said to you, you could get 30 times on your money tonight, who would invest in that scheme? Well, as long as you knew it was safe. In fact, I would suggest that if tonight we heard that we could get 30 times our money on something, that you don't invest in that scheme. But, but the, the Bible, Jesus comes along and he's saying, like he's making crazy statements like that, um, that he says are true for your life and true for mine. We just heard from Mick on the camera and um, like their story is stunning. I get that it's not everybody's story, but certainly he's, he's lived... Um, this idea of sower, seed and soil. And, and so tonight I want to talk about that. Jesus is talking to a gathered crowd, the sower, the seed, the soil, the harvest that flows when all of these things come together, the right, you know, the, the gospel seed, the, um, the right soil, and of course the sower going for, forward. And he then talks about the seed that gets stolen. He talks about the seed that gets wasted. And then he talks about the seed, I would call it the seed of our age, the seed that gets choked out with the cares, riches and pleasures of life, the Bible says. I would suggest to you that most of us aren't that at risk, maybe we are, but most of us probably aren't that at risk of the shallow soil so much as we are at risk of the cares, riches and pleasures of life choking the spiritual life out of us. And, and he talks about that and then he goes on and he talks about the last seed in the good soil. And he talks about how by taking hold of that word and persevering as we go, that God causes it to multiply 30, 60, and even 100-fold in our lives. 
the right mix of sower, seed, and soil has incredible potential. That's what I've called this message. The right mix of sower, seed, and soil um, has incredible potential in our lives and for, for Jesus' church. And so, so the Bible uses this same idea multiple times. And I want to talk to you tonight, um, if you're visiting with us, um, we are talking about money on the screen, and we are about to talk about money now. And if you're visiting with us, um, we make no apology for that, because actually getting money right before God really sets your life up to flourish. It actually results in people's lives being transformed in this life and the life to come. Currently for our church, it's helped plant churches in places like Miami and Vancouver, Canada. Church in Vancouver, Canada is now exploding. In the Hollywood of the North, they've got, we've had this plan like for years in our own heart and mind that we would one day create world-class content that you could use on media platforms to reach people like we've never reached them before. And this church that we seeded with finance just a couple of years ago has now got directors and script writers and movie actors joining their church. And they sent me an email just a few weeks ago going, hey, Darren, could you help us put this together? We think we might be able to change something. That's what it does. And in the process of that, God says, and we'll be blessed. So we, we think that not only is it something we need to talk about, it's something that from your end it's important we talk about. And But if you're visiting with us, it's something we only do once or twice a year. And so I want to take you to a different passage as we talk about sower, seed, soil, because when they come together, they have unrivaled potential. Listen to this, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse... Um, verse 11, 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 11. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. Do you want to live there? You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. That's a worthy cause. This service that you perform is not only supplying the seed, uh, the supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but it's also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 11 to 15, which we just read, uh, I, talking about the outcome of um, a, a, a one-off offering to a church that is in desperate need. And the Apostle Paul writes to the Corinthian church, which is a bit like our church, it's from a wealthy part of the world, to help a poor part of the world, and he says, he says hey, listen to the outcomes, Corinthians, that this service is supplying. And he says these things in his passage. He says, number one, he says, supplying the needs of the Lord's people. Tick, there's reason enough. Number two, it's overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Isn't that the great thing? You know, when, when you and I bless somebody, what we don't see is they're thanking God in a quiet place where we don't see. It's very powerful that in our generosity, which is blessed, is the answer to someone else's prayer, which they're now thanking God for, and their, their faith is rising. Um, you have, and then it goes on and says, you have proven yourself by this. That's interesting, isn't it? The idea that Paul says to the Corinthians, 
what you do financially is approving of your faith. He says, and in their prayers for you, their hearts go out to you. Isn't it true? Isn't it true when someone um, extend themselves on your behalf that your heart then begins to go out for them? What a powerful thought. It's God, how he works. And it says, and thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. And so not only are they supplied and as their prayer answered, not only is someone proven in their faithfulness as they act generously with their finance, not only does it result in them um, really praying heartfelt prayers and seeing the miraculous coming through of God, but it, it, it makes them look at God and the indescribable things that he does and say, man, how good is God? How awesome is God? As mere humans react and respond to what God would have them do. That's the, that's the outcome. That's the, the why, you know, when we come to our Rise and Build offering next week. Um, I, I want you to know that, that really it's a seed that's part of our, what I would call an expansive future. About five years ago, we... Um, we said we, we felt like this shift went on, in the, or it might be six, that, that we were stepping into an expansive future. And it's interesting if you think about 2013 when we were one church in one location, and you think about 2019 where five churches, um, double the amount of people in church on any given Sunday when you add it all up together. Um, next Sunday, we'll make another announcement. Um, and so here you see that actually that expansion that we thought God would do actually has happened. And, and not only has it happened, it's happened almost independent of us. Uh, people rang us to see if we'd do Gunnedah. People rang us to see if we'd oversee Bendemir. People rang us. When it came to Armadale, I said, God, you know, with my ACC role, I can't do that. It looked like I've become a takeover king. And so the national president, two days after I prayed and said, God, I think we need to do this. Two days later, our national president, for the only time in his life, rings me and says, Darren, I think you and Bron should lead that church in Armadale. Who have I left out? Gaira. Gaira found us. And, and so what I'm saying, is, there's this idea of an expansive future. And I think now what we'll see next week is, we, is an expansive future that accelerates. And so what we're talking about tonight becomes very, very important as it relates to that future. Because what we do next week can either blur further the future or it can bring closer in a hurry the future that's in front of us. And so Paul's talking. He's given them the why. I just gave you the why. And then Paul does this. He, he, I love the boldness of Paul in his appeal. Listen to these statements from Paul. You've got to like this. He doesn't stop there. He, he then compels them. He says, hey, let this be, um, this will be your proving. And we talked about that. He, he, I, I, I like this. He says, Paul, in the same book to the same church of Corinthians, says, don't compare yourself with anybody. And then he compares them with the Macedonian church. That's interesting. He, he says, don't compare because that's unhelpful. But then he compares them with the Macedonian church, not because he wants anyone to feel guilty, but he actually wants to compel them to action. He wants them to hear their compelling story that they might do something because they have means that the Macedonians never would. And, and Paul, so he, he, he brings to their attention this comparison. Um, Paul, who doesn't ever compare and says not to compare, chooses this moment to draw a comparison. Not to guilt them to action, but to compel them, to, to, to create perspective for them, to, to inspire them to act out of their more than enough. That's what he wants them to do. So, so let's go to our text again. Chapter 9. 
We just read from verse 11. Now I'll take you to verse 6. The reason I wanted to go to verse 11 first is because half the room knows from verse 6. You might have switched off, but I, I want you to hear the why, so now we can go back to verse 6 and see the how and the what and the incredible promise and God appointed process that is here. It says, remember this, verse 6. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Well, when I was young, that got pounded to, into me. I'm not here to pound it to you tonight. I just want you to know that we, we don't defy the laws of God, not in the negative. I'm not the exception to the rule in the negative, and nor am I the exception to the rule in the positive. The, the, he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly, but he who sows generously will reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided. He's talking about a one-off offering. In your heart to give, not reluctantly or, or under compulsion. Don't feel pressure from, from me. Just hear the rallying of God's spirit. For God loves a cheerful giver. And listen to this. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. I mean, do you believe that tonight? Yeah. Listen to it again. So that in all things at all times, so that in all things... At all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor, their righteousness endures forever. And then he doesn't stop there. He says, now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. And it goes on. You will be enriched in every way. You will be enlarged. You will always have enough. You will have more than you need. And yet, what I know is that the promise won't motivate anyone to stay the long haul around generosity. Generosity in the kingdom will not ultimately be motivated by promise. It's motivated by purpose. It was the need of the Macedonian that church that, that really um, motivated them to act and the promise is just a blessing over the top. And so I want us to think about that as we come to this. I'm going to talk to you about soil, seed and the sower in the minutes that I have. The first thought is soil. Soil. As you think about next week, I would suggest to you that our church is good soil. It's good soil to give into. I really believe it is. In fact, here's a stat. I only found this out last week. I was sitting in a meeting in Sydney where they collected data about the ACC across our state. 323 churches or whatever it is across our state. Um, there was a team that put together all the data from across the state. People in church against population in every local government area. LGAs, that's what they're called, aren't they? LGAs. And I'm sitting at the board meeting, and you know all the LGAs in New South Wales, all the stats done. Do you know the, the council area that came second of all of the LGAs as ACC churches with people in church against the population they live in? Us. Do you know which church came second of 323 churches across our state? Ours. This is good soil. Are we perfect? On this side of the... Are we? We're not, right? We're not perfect. But I can tell you this, and there's a lot to do. There's more to do than what's already been done, that's for sure, no doubt about it. But this is good soil. 
if you saw the numbers that I, I'm sitting at the table silent, I didn't need to say it was great. I was like, how good's this? I like this lady. <laughs> but all the things we talk about, and I thought it included Gunnedah, didn't even include Gunnedah, Pastor Mike. So now we're like, how do we make Gunnedah number one in the state? It's not about a number, it's about the fact that something is going on and this is good soil. And so I want to encourage you in that. The, the, the journey to here has been a good one in all of its, you know, mess and mystery. Uh, but the journey from here, really, next week, we kick that into gear. There'll be things we'll be talking about that you haven't heard of yet. And so I encourage you as part of Catalyst Sunday, and we'll be doing our Rise and Build offering. Um, so it's good soil. I want you to let that get into your heart. Number two, seed. Um, what seed is in our storehouse and in our supply chain? Well, I would suggest to you, as even as we look at this room, there's, there, we don't have a seed problem. Seed, talking about money here. We don't have a seed problem. We have a release challenge. There's not a seed problem in this room. It's not a seed problem across our church. There's plenty. It's, it's not a seed problem. It's a release challenge that we, that we have. And so what seed is in our storehouse? Um, Brian and I, um, it's awkward telling you what we give to this. I don't know if I want to. I'm kind of looking at Lee. No, he's saying no. Good. Okay, I'll leave that. Thanks, Lee. I'm trying to think about how to tell you this. Here's what I'll give you. Um, whatever we give, it's not about the size of the gift. When, when, when um, there, there, there have been years when we've been flat broke and it's been a massive stretch. And there are years when we've had abundance and we try and stretch in the midst of our abundance. It's not about the size of the gift. Your gift is no less important than McDormand's gift. It really isn't. God says it. The Bible teaches it. They, they are equally valued gifts. It's not about the size of the gift. It's about the size of the sacrifice. Um, that, that, that's what matters to God. And he's able to make it all come together. Um, it, it, notice he's not celebrating the Corinthian church who have much. He's celebrating the Macedonian church who have next to nothing. That's his celebration point. That's the takeaway from the book of... In fact, Paul never bothers to correct what the Corinthians did. We'll never know in the rest of time whether they gave so much it changed the landscape for the rest of their generation or whether they gave so little that they were those who received sparingly. We just don't know. We do know that the Macedonians, out of their poverty, gave generously even beyond their means. And the Bible says they gave themselves first to the Lord and then to Paul. There's a crazy thought, right? First to the Lord and then to Paul and what they were trying to do. And so seed. Here's what I know. When I look at what's coming, or look at this passage, there's greater purpose than than just my need. There is my need, there is our need, but there's greater purpose going on. I I know that from history that God has got this. I know that he has, his Bible tells us so. I know that he is at work in the unseen process. I think most of the miracles that I could tell you relate to money. This is easy for me to preach. Because we've been so broke, it's ridiculous in years gone by. And seeing God provide so miraculously, you're in awe of it. I remember right in the early days, if you've been here a long time, you've heard this story. Like right in the early days, I wasn't married, I, wasn't, I was 20, maybe 23 years old. And I was going to give to something. And I was in Griffith working away and there was this green jacket. I mean, it was good, Jade. It was, it was a fine jacket. 
It was an expensive jacket. And I knew that I'd prepared to give this amount of money. And so I went into the store. I tried it on. I checked it out in the mirror. Green's a good color when you're a strawberry blonde young guy. And uh, it doesn't work maybe as well now. But it, it, and tried it on. I thought, I'm going to get this jacket. And I went, no. No. I went home. Two weekends later, I'm back in Cowra. And a um, friend of mine, Lee and Vicky's brother, uh, son-in-law, walks up to me. Says, hey, I felt I should buy you this. The green jacket. Wow. The green jacket. You know, in those days, it was, I, I, that doesn't happen anymore. I don't need anyone to buy me a jacket. But in those days, that was big. The green jacket. Not just a green jacket. Not just a jacket, but the style of jacket. Not just the style of the jacket, but the color of the jacket. God is, he's got this. He, he's working in the unseen promise, a process that he's, made a promise around. What, what, what this does for your life is, is it actually opens us up. It takes us out of the natural into the supernatural. It, it changes everything. And, and so it just needs unlocking. That's, that's seed. Um, there's uh, this. Paul never mentions the size. He only mentions the scale of the sacrifice. My son, Lockie, puts it like this. He says, it's not the size of the dog in the fight, Dad. It's the size of the fight in the dog, right? It's the size of the fight in the dog. And when it comes to this stuff, it's not the size of the thing. It's the size of it relative. So what seed is in your storehouse and your supply chain? That's, um, that. And then number three is, and is, for the minutes we've got, is sower. Here's my, my question. Are you a trusted sower? Now, mixed world is large, that's for sure. Um, but but um, I knew Mick when mixed world was small. I knew Mick when he first became a Christian, when he had a little business in a little office. And we didn't have a, like an office in our building, and so my office was next door, which made my life completely unproductive because Michael just comes in and harasses you all day and, and, um, but his life was small, but here's what I know. He became a trusted sower. Michael has given away money. Michael has given away cars. Michael has given away houses. He still lives in a rented house, but he's given one away. He and um, Dan Urquhart, we have the loan. They underwrite the loan. And they're just the headlines. But it started, literally, it started with hundreds of dollars for him. Like hundreds. I remember it. And uh, your trajectory and his trajectory are different. God gives the power to make wealth. But what I know is the principle is the same when we become a trusted sower. And next week, for some of us in the room, next week is an opportunity to make a statement about being a trusted sower. Paul's shooting straight. He's going for it. He says, you know, because of this service which you have proved yourselves... I like that. Next week is a, an opportunity for some people to make a statement about the proven. Uh, I, I imagine that I would be striking it straight. What, what's a, let me read it. How I, I imagine this talk's going to strike a few nerves, but it's also going to strike a chord with others. And I'm up for the nerves as long as we get to the chord. Because the people who it strikes a chord with, it'll change their life. It will. It'll change their life. I mean, it's changed ours. It, 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 it just does.
And what I like our, about Paul here is he, he, gets, he gets really direct about it, even though he gets no benefit from it. And I want, I want you to know ahead of time next week that there is no benefit to me from next week. In fact, I've reduced my wage from the church, not increased it. Over the last two years, I've actually reduced my wage that I get from the church. I've gone part-time because I do so much of my work outside of this location. There's no benefit in this for me. I'm rallying you because of a cause greater than us all. The gospel of Jesus, the building of his church, the saving of people's lives. Something can go on. People's lives will be changed. Just like mine has, just like many of you have, something can go Something can go on. And, and so next week, it, 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 it's, I think it's a, an opportunity to, um, um, it's an opportunity to uh, establish the temperature, the spiritual temperature of our lives. It's, a, it's an opportunity to set the, set the tone. It's an opportunity to create a trajectory sooner or later, now or some point in the future. Maybe it was in the past. It stopped being our reality. Next week is an opportunity. But there's an opportunity for you and I to reset the temperature, to set the tone, to create a trajectory in what God wants to do this rise and build season as we seed an expansive future. 1 Timothy says this, tell those who are rich in this world with this world's wealth to quit being so full of themselves and so obsessed with money, which is here today and gone tomorrow. Tell them to go after God. Tell them to go after God who piles on all the riches we could ever imagine to do good, to be rich in helping others, to be extravagantly generous. If they do that, they build a treasury that will last forever. That's it, okay? That's, that's the, the thought. Here's the, here's the thing. This is $10, 10, 10 bucks. There's a natural economy for $10, isn't there? Right there is $10 worth of lollies. I bought them myself. You can take your $10 and you can trade it for $10 worth of lollies, which are yours, Frank. That's how we pay you for all the endless hours of work you do. This $10, those Maltesers there, minus the seven that I ate, they're worth 10 bucks, 10 bucks. And you can trade that for that. Where is Faithy? Is she here? Someone deliver those to Faith for me? Where's it? Thanks. 10 bucks. This Toblerone, guess what it's worth? 10 bucks on sale. It's actually worth 20, but we got it for 10. You can, you can trade your 10 for 10. I'm going to keep those for Brian, okay? You can trade your 10 for 10. That's, that's what you've got. It's a natural economy. It's, it's what 10 bucks is worth on the street, right? I've lost my seed. I knew I would because it's so small. I had a little apple seed. I stole it. Someone's apple. Anyway, I stole it. A little apple seed is so small, I can't even see it here. And the Bible says what you and I sow is seed. See, the seed has a natural value. You can, you can trade a seed for what it's worth, just like you can trade the 10 bucks for what it's worth. You can trade that for what it's worth. But the Bible says this. It says we can trade the seed not for what is the natural economy, but the supernatural potential. I think that's why Jesus and the, and the Bible writers used a seed because they understood that a seed has a seed's value. It has a natural value, but once it goes into the ground and it does produce an apple tree, right? That's what it does, right? And it produces an apple tree and then that apple tree produces an apple and that apple has more value than a seed. 
And then a tree produces multiple apples and it keeps producing multiple apples. And guess what's inside the apples? You already know, right? Seed. So out of one seed, when it's invested in a supernatural economy, the Bible says it will overflow from you. It will overflow to you. It will keep replenishing. It will keep going. That's what the Bible's talking about. So next weekend, here's what we can do. We can take our $10 and we can trade it for something worth a natural $10. We can exchange it for a $10 note if we want, instead of two fives, I don't know. Or we can seed something. We can seed something that has supernatural potential. For the people around us, I just, we have in front of us an expansive future. We're gonna show you a glimpse of it next week. And you and I are in a place and at a time and a church that has an opportunity like few I know across our state. And next week we get to be part of it. And my prayer for you is that you would be bold as a lion. Not stupid, bold, full of faith, full of generosity, and that we would get something done. You know what, can I just be honest? The loan is in our name, the guys pay it. I don't wanna leave them with a loan. But let's talk next week about an expansive future believing God to turn up and in Jesus' name, amen. Why don't you stand? We're not going to sing. We're over time. Why don't you stand? Why don't you close your eyes? Mighty God. Mighty God. Heavenly Father, um, I pray for everybody here that nobody would go away from here in any way feeling guilt. There'd be no lie of the enemy, Lord, nothing like that going on. No one would go away from here under compulsion to do anything. My prayer is that you would do for us what you did for Mick, that you would speak to us and that we just have faith that rises and meets that. And God, we know that you're already ahead of the game. You already have a solution. Tonight, really, God, I know that as much as this is about an expansive future, it's about what you want to do in the lives of people. Lord, as they respond to you. And so I pray for faith to ride. I pray for you to speak with such clarity that it's undeniable, just like Dawn. Lord, so we commit everyone to you, your blessing upon them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey again, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring faith or a follower of Jesus, there is a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to northwestchurch.com.au. And thanks again for listening.